What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. Now a proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D. Mendy here joined, of course, Doc, uh, Bradster Thomas, and Johnny Foosball. Not here today. So I had Triple Play Fantasy contributor Christian step up for at least two of those guys. Christian, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. I, I got to tell you, Christian, I'm pumped for the third <sighs> member you see on this screen. And there's only one way I can properly introduce this gentleman. We welcome in a man that, in my opinion has the best first name in the business. A senior fantasy writer and analyst over at CBS Sports and previously NFL.com, this man has been helping you win your leagues since the baby boom of the internet, studied more film than you did textbooks in college, and crunched more numbers than your local accountant. Ladies and gentlemen, the man of the ever-changing Twitter name, the man who always looks dapper on CBS HQ, you know him when he says, Yuzama! Well, we welcome in Dave Richard! How's it going, Dave? Wow, that's an awesome intro. Uh, thank you for that. I've been I've been doing this since the baby boom of the internet. When did the internet really, really start to take off? Was it around 2003? Because that's when I started. You know what? I sure. think we'll just say 2003, but that sounds about right to me. I uh, remember I remember betting on sports in college when it was really illegal. And checking the scores on like AOL scoreboards back in the day and losing. And uh, I, I feel like that's like when the internet was really starting to get going. That and I was definitely talking to girls back then too uh, on the internet. Hi, 19M Coral Gables. You? So um, no, I, I, I think what really did help the internet take off is fantasy football. I don't think mm -hmm. it was 2003. I think, it, I think CBS acquired commissioner.com in like 2001, 2002. And commissioner.com was a website where, you know, people could come and play their fantasy leagues. And CBS saw that and said, cool, we can make a lot of money with that and we can make it better. Can we buy you? They said, sure. And they brought it in and they, they, everybody who was working for commissioner.com came to CBS at the time. And uh, I was working, I joined CBS doing pro wrestling columns, if you can believe that, and editing a pro wrestling website that was under the CBS umbrella. You're under the Fantasy Points umbrella. WrestleLine.com was under the CBS Sportsline umbrella back then. And uh, within a year of me working there, everybody knew me as that big, fat, dorky guy who played <laughs> fantasy football. Who would play fantasy football? It's the stupidest thing in the world. And now, if you don't play fantasy football, you're the dork, and you're the one who's being stupid. But don't tell my yeah. wife that, because she doesn't <laughs> play fantasy football, and if I call her a dork, she's going to get really mad about it. Um, so I, I, I would say that like maybe the, the baby boom era of fantasy football on the internet was right before I started to full-time write about fantasy football on NFL.com. But the baby boom on the internet, I would, I, would, I would push that into the prior century, tail end of the century. <laughs> Well, I think because it says on your CBS profile, you were like, you started writing the boom of the internet. And, ah, okay. I, and I was like, and I was like, no, we got to say baby boom. It sounds cooler. But I also think like you are one of the pioneers of the fantasy football space. You've been doing it for so long and inspiration for a lot of people that are getting into it as it's grown into 
just a, a gigantic thing right now. I mean, it's all over the place. And, you know, you guys are at CBS are like the Mount Rushmore of guys. So it's it's pretty cool. And, and you guys do such a good job every single day doing what you do that it's very inspiring for every single person out there doing trying to you know get to the level that you guys are at ah david thank Absolutely. you so much then thank you too christian listen it's it's a labor of love man like the best thing that i can tell you and it's the honest thing is that all of us at cbs really love fantasy football and we really get a huge kick out of helping people win and i know you guys feel the exact same way there's nothing better yeah. than getting that tweet at the end of the year saying hey when you told me to pick up such and such in the middle of the year uh, that really helped save my fantasy team and turn it around. Um, thank you so much. You know, played in three leagues, made the playoffs in all three, won two of them, couldn't have done it without your podcast, stuff like that. We really like you might think that we hear that so much that we're like, oh, who cares? Who We don't really care about these people and all that stuff. We care. We re everybody, Jamie, Heath, Adam, Chris, everybody on our crew, our boss, RJ cares. Everybody cares. And it's been that way since forever. So it, it, like I said, it's a labor of love and it's, it's something that we're definitely passionate about. We know we're not the very, very best at it and we're working to be the best at it. And, um, you know, the one thing that we are the best at, we, and I do believe this is a place for people to play fantasy football and that our products where people can sign up and play and join a league with their buddies or find a bunch of strangers and play with them too. Uh, we still think we do that better than anybody. And that's an area that we are planning yeah. on getting even better and stronger in, and maybe even coming up with new ways to play fantasy as, mm -hmm. as we move sure. on down the line. That's something I can't really talk about, but maybe next year. Um, but there's uh, there's got to be more than one way to play fantasy football. And so we might mm -hmm. try and challenge it. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I, yeah. I love that. Um, that's gotten me excited, Dave. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm pumped now because you're here. You got me teased into what I'm going to be seeing eventually on CBS. I can't think of a better way to transition than to talk some 2022 fantasy football dynasty debates. Let's so obviously, fantasy football season is over for now, but dynasty talk, it never sleeps. And we've got the dawn of dynasty football and Dave Richard here to help break yeah. down 10 of the biggest risers in dynasty formats, and they're going to go head to head. And Christian, you're going to jump in here. You're going to give us your thoughts too. Now, I tried to put position Let's with position and break down these scenarios as far as who you want out of these two. And what I did was I tried to pick guys that were, for the most part, similar in ADP according to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty rankings. Let's start off with number one. J.K. Dobbins versus Cam Akers. The RB17 and 18, you got one guy who missed the entire 2021 season coming and trying to come back from a, a catastrophic injury next year. And then you have the other guy who had a catastrophic injury but ended up leading his team in carries over the last two weeks and became the team's workhorse besides his fumbles, of course. Neither are necessarily high-end passing down backs, but I got to ask you guys here. Dave, I'm going to start with you. If mm -hmm. you had to pick one right now, who would you choose? I spent so much time thinking about this question that I forgot to look at the other questions. So the other <laughs> questions, the answers are going to be pretty much off the top of the dome, but I think I'll still be able to help with that. And the the... At first, I was like, oh, this is easy. It's Cam Akers. And then I thought, well, Dobbins is pretty good, too. And then I put a, put this question in the following context. I play in one dynasty league. That's it. I don't want to get involved in seven or eight dynasty leagues. It's just I, I, I feel like I'm – I think it would, like, ruin I'm in a couple of best ball dynasties. Those don't count. In my <laughs> dynasty league, and I love this dynasty league, uh, I've got Cam Akers. 
if I had the chance to trade Cam Akers straight up for J.K. Dobbins, would I do it? I don't think I would. I think I would pick Cam Akers. And the reason why I would pick Cam Akers is because he's playing now, whereas maybe three or four weeks ago I wouldn't have been so excited for this, and I might have <laughs> said Dobbins. But he looks like he's starting to come back from what this Achilles injury is. And the fact that he made this quick recovery and he's playing now, and I know his numbers stink, but he's running against really, really tough defenses. Yeah. I'm encouraged. And I know that the Rams offense, they love, they're a one running back offense when, if they can pull it off. And I think Akers is their guy. He's still young. He's shown flashes of quickness, even though the numbers don't bear it out. And Dobbins was great two years ago, but kind of touchdown dependent. And even in PPR, he wasn't hitting 15 PPR points with the touchdowns. That's always a bad sign. And you know that Baltimore situation, you've got to think about the situation that the player in Dynasty is in and where they might be two to four to six years from now. I don't know how much it's really going to change with Lamar Jackson there and with Harbaugh there and the idea of using multiple running backs. So I, I would not trade Akers straight up for Dobbins. I would rather have Akers on my Dynasty team, which I do have, instead of J.K. Dobbins. I think it's very close. and it's, it's hard because, like you were saying, before the season started with Cam Akers' injury, everybody was trying to sell him. And the fact that they're comparable right now is, is kind of interesting. It's, it's shown the modern medicine, and it's shown the type of athletes that we have now that you can't count these guys out. Now, Christian, I'm going to ask you the same question. Are you with Dave? Are you with the Cam Akers side, or are you J.K. Dobbins? Dave brought up so many good points, and I agree with them. But this is a debate show, and um, I actually did choose J.K. Dobbins. Um, and the reason for it is kind of opposite of what you said about him and the way that the Ravens using their offense. I mean, they brought back the corpse of Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman this year, and they made them fantasy relevant, which is absolutely incredible because those two were – I mean, the Saints cut Murray, and Devontae Freeman was begging for a job on the streets. He was sitting here on the couch with me not too long ago. <laughs> um, so – what the way I see it is they love to run the football in Baltimore, whether it's Lamar Jackson or whether it's their running backs. And Lamar Jackson is likely going to be entering this next season in a contract year. You know, mm -hmm. coming back from this injury, he's probably going to be running a little less depending on how the ankle. I mean, we saw the the longest yard field he was playing on or practicing on and the little gimps that he had. It didn't look great. And there's a reason why he didn't come back to play. So you got to think he's going to try to take care of himself a little more. Might utilize J.K. Dobbins more. You know, Gus Edwards will be coming back, coming from the same injury. But it, to me, I mean, I think it's, it's J.K. Dobbins' backfield. And, I mean, in my rankings, they're right, right next to each other. But I do have J.K. just one spot ahead. I like it. I mean, good points on both sides. And you're not upset having either on your team, of course. No. Let's go to this next one here because you have one guy who was the talk of the town towards the end of last season, and then you have a guy that just burst on the scene in the playoffs. Now, I don't think Fantasy Pros has updated this yet, but as of right now, Elijah Moore is wide receiver 25, and Gabriel Davis is wide receiver 52. Now, we know Gabriel Davis coming off a four-touchdown game, four touchdowns over his last six regular season games, 14 targets in the wildcard round. Again, bursting on the scene here. Elijah Moore was the actual wide receiver two, weeks nine through 13. And he had at least eight targets in four of the last five games, double-digit PPR points in six of the last seven. 
and scored five touchdowns over his last five games. Dave, what do you think? Are you a Gabriel Davis or are you Elijah Moore? You wouldn't be asking this question if Gabriel Davis didn't have the big game that he just <laughs> had against Kansas City. Maybe or yeah. maybe you would. Maybe you would because he had a bunch of touchdowns leading up to it too. And I like Gabriel Davis. I, I like the size and certainly the fact that he's got a nose for the end zone. Oh, my goodness. That's something that I think fantasy managers can possibly buy into. Maybe he can get you nine or ten touchdowns over the course of a season catching balls from Josh Allen. And I think he's absolutely going to be – a fixture in this offense playing 80% plus of the snaps next year. But I'm taking Elijah Moore. Love this talent that he's got. Love his start-stop ability, his route running, his footwork. He's really a, a master craftsman at it already. And and I think Zach Wilson can be a little bit better. We saw him get a little bit better as the season went on. I know that Jets offensive line is going to be better next year than what they had last year. They also had some coaching issues over the course of the season. The guy that they hired to be their play caller uh, passed away before the season started, so they had to go in a different direction there. I think they'll be able to get some stability with who's calling the plays. It's still going to be the same type of an offense. Wilson should be a little bit better at it. I think Moore steps up as the number one receiver for the Jets. It's always a little – you hesitate a little bit to take a member of the Jets – on your fantasy team, especially a dynasty team. But I'd rather have the number one guy on the Jets than the number two guy on the Bills. And I just I, I think that Moore's got more upside to eventually be a top 12 receiver in dynasty versus somebody like Davis, who I don't think has quite that much upside as the number two guy in Buffalo, if he ends up being the number two guy. We're saying it like he will be. He should be. We love him. But... He's going to be blocked by Diggs, and there's going to be some weeks where his numbers are lean because Dawson Knox is scoring, and you know whoever else is still there next year is scoring too. So is it by a big margin? Like, let's say if you have Elijah Moore, wide receiver 12, is it like Gabriel Davis, wide receiver 24, 25? Is it that kind of gap for you? It's. I think it would be close to it. I don't think it's going to be like 12 to 36 or something like that. I'd probably, like off the top of my head, I'd probably say in the neighborhood of like, Moore is somewhere between 12 and 15 and Davis is somewhere between like 22 and 27. That's fair. Uh, Christian, I'm assuming you're probably similar on that front then as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Elijah Moore, like Dave said, if it wasn't for his uh, 200 plus yard four touchdown game this past week, it, would he be the one we'd be debating Elijah Moore against? Probably not. Um, but Elijah Moore this season with four different quarterbacks had an 18.6% target share and his success rate was over 76% against zone man and press coverage with those quarterbacks in an offense that nobody expected anything from. I mean, he's going to be the number one receiver there. And like Dave said in, I mean, it's Buffalo, it's Josh Allen and you love that offense, but Stefan Diggs is still going to be there. Dawson Knox is still going to be there. Let's see what they do with Cole Beasley. Manuel Sanders is going to be a free agent. And maybe they draft the running back and they use the running back in the pass game a little bit more. You never know what they're going to do, but that's still Josh Allen's offense. They're going to utilize his arm, but they're also going to utilize his legs. And then Elijah Moore is the number one receiver on the Jets. So um, I lean him as well. You didn't know I had to get Gabriel Davis in this episode. Like he's he's been the talk all over the place. I had to make sure we got his name in there. Yeah. This next one might be closer, though. I don't think it'll be as much a slam dunk, or maybe it will. Who knows? It's Amon Ross St. Brown versus Darnell Mooney, the wide receiver 34 versus the wide receiver 41. 
Yeah, obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown, arguably the biggest fantasy playoff hero as he wasn't rostered much before the last six weeks of the season. And over those last six games, he averaged over 25 fantasy points per game, which was second only to Cooper Cup. So obviously, he was the wide receiver, too, over those six weeks. And he scored 23.5 fantasy points in five out of six games to finish the year, at least 23.5 fantasy points. So he looks to be a big building block for this Detroit Lions team. Meanwhile, you have Darnell Moody, who had a great stretch of his own from week eight as he averaged just over 15 fantasy points over that nine-game stretch, which also included a bye week. And he was the wide receiver 12 over the second half of the season. He's expected to be the number one next year if Allen Robinson does not return. So again, these very interesting, these two. And Amonra St. Brown, obviously, is another name that, especially at the end of the season, was all over Twitter. So Chris, let me start with you on this one. What do you think, Amonra St. Brown or Darnell Mooney? This was definitely a lot closer. I mean, they're separated by three spots in the latest rankings that I did right at the end of the season. Um, but I lean Mooney. And the reason why I lean Mooney is just because I think he's going to have more of a prominent role in the Bears offense next season, even if they do bring in another wide receiver. Where Amon St. Brown really strived and had all this success without TJ Hawkinson in the lineup, without DeAndre Swift in the lineup. And they made it a point to you know, give him touches in the backfield to kind of make up for that as well. And he produced. He produced very well. But I'm kind of skeptical when it, co- when it comes to that. And, I mean, Darnell Mooney had over 140 targets this past season, you know, with Andy Dalton and Nick Foles and Justin Fields and another quarterback carousel in the NFL. But, I mean, he, it, he just seemed like such a staple in that offense. And they kind of built it around him and, you know, Allen Robinson was in and out of the lineup, you know, whether he wanted to really play for the Bears or not, we don't know. But it, the, Darnell Mooney was their guy, and he produced consistently throughout the year. Yeah, no, I mean, again, I I guess like can't disagree with you. It'll be interesting to see because Amon Rose and Brown was so featured at the end of last season that I think it's going to leave a good taste in everybody's mouth. But whether they draft a wide receiver, an alpha wide receiver, you know, obviously – they have a lot of different pieces there. Hawkinson, you'd expect to maybe get a little bit more volume as he kind of faded out at the end of last season. He's, he's a very interesting guy to talk about. Dave, where are you leaning? I'm leaning with Mooney as well. I I, I agree with Christian that St. Brown, and both these guys are young. Both of them are, you know, exciting pass catchers. And St. Brown proved to be a lot more than just a slot guy by the end of the year. But I, I expect both teams to add at least one wide receiver because Allen Robinson currently under contract in Chicago, he's going to be a free agent. I don't think he's going to stay there. Maybe he goes to Detroit. He's from Detroit Um, or he's a Detroit fan. I'm not exactly sure if he's from Detroit. I think he is, but I I think both teams are going to add a wide receiver. The difference is that I think like, like you said, Detroit could add a real like playmaker type of wide receiver and they're getting Hawkinson back and Deandre Swift will be healthy. Mm Mm-hmm that's a lot of competition for targets for St. Brown. And so I, I almost wonder if St. Brown is going to dip down to getting around six or seven targets per game with a couple of games where he's getting eight or nine when they feel like they can attack the middle of the field with him. I don't see him developing into their big play receiver, their number one receiver. I think Mooney already has developed into that for Chicago. The other receiver that the Bears get might be a 1B receiver or a number two receiver, and they – lean on Mooney. And when I say they, I really mean Justin Fields. And we saw this in the early going last year. Fields had a higher average target depth and more air yards per target to Mooney than he did to Robinson. Mm -hmm. And Fields is a good downfield thrower. We saw that at times last year 
But I think we're going to see it more frequently and certainly with more efficiency starting in 2022, uh, certainly with a new coaching staff, presumably a new playbook and one that's revolving around Justin Fields and one that like he can really actually win with instead of something of a playbook that's actually good for three different types of quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm really encouraged by, by the future of this bears passing game because of Mooney and fields being there. And again, think to what these offenses are going to be like next year, two years from now, four years from now, I think fields isn't going anywhere. I don't think Mooney's going anywhere either. And I don't think anybody's going to come to Chicago. That's going to push Mooney into a smaller role. Whereas there's just so many things up in the air as far as, well, we know Hawkinson's coming back in Detroit. And I think Goff is coming back in Detroit. But is Goff going to be there two years from now? Two years from now, what's that receiving core going to look like? I know that St. Brown was really, really awesome at the end of the year last year. But I just can't commit to him over Mooney at this point. And for the record, I'm able to sit here and think about, well, which would I rather have on my fantasy team? Because I've got Mooney on my team right now. And I would not trade Mooney straight up for, for Amon Ross St. Brown. It's a good way to think of it. And like you said, I think you, you put it very well. It's, it's kind of stability versus a lot of unpredictability because there's so much changing yeah. around Amon Ross St. Brown, like you guys mentioned. So I think the stability, I'm, I'm all about safety. I'm all about the comfort of that Darnell Mooney would bring you, I think, over uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. So I, I definitely agree with you guys on that one. Here's one that many people in the fantasy space, I think, will go back and forth on. Justin Fields versus Trey Lance, who Trey Lance is the QB nine, according to fantasy pros dynasty rankings. And Justin Fields is the QB 13. Justin Fields scored at least 16.9 fantasy points in all of his last four games. He started and completed averaging eight and a half attempts for 64.2 rushing yards per game, five passing touchdowns and four interceptions. Lance scored at least 15.6 PPR points in four point per passing touchdown leagues in all three. He played at least one half and rushed for at least 31 yards and seven attempts in all three games. We've seen flashes from both of these guys have great rushing floors and obviously can get stuff done in the air. I think many people are excited on them, but if you had to pick one today, Dave, I know it's a difficult question. I'm putting you on the spot here. Who'd you I got pick? the answer. I'm taking Lance and it's, mm. it's because I trust the system that he's in more. And I think that the situation that I, and I'm assuming that he'll be the starting quarterback for San Francisco next year. Uh, I think it's going to be a good spot for him and a better one for him. And I think he's the better runner than Justin Fields. And I think he's got a stronger arm than Justin Fields. I remember evaluating both of these guys last year when they were prospects. And I had Fields ranked higher than Lance. But I just I, I see that the upside with Lance could be jaw-dropping fantasy quarterback with huge numbers. And after we've seen a year of fields, yeah, I think he can be good. I'm just not sure he's ever going to hit that same type of ceiling that Trey Lance has. So this is me just going for the upside, which I think you've got to do, especially at quarterback, especially with young quarterbacks mm -hmm. in dynasty leagues. And for the record, I don't have either guy on my fantasy roster, but if I could trade, who's my backup quarterback? Because my starter's Burrow. I'm going to keep Burrow over both of those guys, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think my backup quarterback is Jordan Love. Would I trade Jordan Love for either of these guys? The answer <laughs> is yes. Would I? Which one would I prefer? I would prefer Lance. I would. I think that there's more upside with him in San Francisco. 
Christian, what do you think? Obviously, again, both very mobile. Both have huge upsides. Does look like Trey Lance has the better weapons. What do you think? Uh, for me, it comes down to experience at the position. And experience at the position, I lean more towards Justin Fields because of that. And like Dave said, the upside is definitely higher for Lance. But right now, Justin Fields is an overall better quarterback at the position. You know, his arm strength isn't like Lance. But, I mean, I think his rushing ability is almost is almost similar. Uh, and we were really able to see that um, when he became, you know, starting quarterback. After, uh, Dalton got hurt week two. He stepped in. And then around week six, he started, you know, actually running. And they let him run. And, you know, it's like Dave read my notes before the show because I said the exact same thing. The offense was not built around him. They went into week one with Andy Dalton. And Justin Fields did the best with what he could in that offensive system. And uh, going back to week six, when he started running, he started he averaged 7.4 attempts a game, averaging 51.6 yards. And combine that with you know the fact that they're going to have a new offensive coordinator, a brand new offense built around him. You know, Shanahan is a magician. He is one of the smartest offensive play callers in the league, and that system is going to be built perfectly for Trey Lance. But I think that, I mean, there were reports right before we started of the Dolphins zeroing in on Brian Dable as their uh, head coach, but that's kind of somebody that I would see fitting perfect with Justin Fields just after what he was able to do with uh, Josh Allen. Um, but I still I still give, give a slight edge to Fields. I like that. Two, we had the same page on two. We're very different on that. This is this is what I like. I like to have some debates, and you guys bring in good points from both sides. But I'm very interested to hear Dave's last one because he is the tight end whisperer. So you know I had to get some tight ends in here, and we have the air fryer Pat Fryermuth versus DK Dawson Knox. Tight end eight versus tight end eleven. Fryermuth had seven receiving touchdowns this season. An 11% target share during the season, which was fourth on the team, but nearly 19% target share in the red zone, which was only second to Deontay Johnson. Had at least four receptions in, uh, uh, I could talk, that'd be nice, <laughs> in last nine of 11 games. Dawson Knox tied the tight end lead with nine receiving touchdowns this season. Two more in the first playoff game, of course, we saw. Had a career high 12% target share this season and an 18% target share in the red zone, which is also second on his team. All right, we've got two up-and-coming tight ends. Mr. Tight End Whisperer, I'm going to leave the floor to you. I'm going to take Knox. First of all, I love the nickname Air Fryer Muth. Air Fryer, <laughs> that's very clever. I've never heard Thank that you. one before. Let's let's get that one to stick. <laughs> let's just start with what I've done with all the other players that we've talked about. What's the situation look like? Well, one of these guys is catching passes from Josh Allen for – I, Knox is a free agent after this year, but I assume he's going to stay in Buffalo. He's going to be there for a while. I think that's Josh Allen's guy. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be in Pittsburgh, or are we assuming it's going to be Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins? In which case, bleh, that's really not what we're hoping for at all. That I, I, I honestly believe that. I don't know if Fryermuth can blow up and be anything bigger than what he was this year, which is a touchdown needy tight end. And we could say the same thing about Knox, but Knox had a few games where his yardage was okay. I, I think I would take Knox, but if I had both tight ends, I would probably aim to spend at least one of my rookie draft picks on another tight end. 
this is a good class that's coming out. There's some interesting players. I don't know if there's a complete stud tight end. Certainly not somebody like Kyle Pitts. But there's probably going to be a tight end or two that'll come out that'll be worth taking in round two as a speculative ad. One of those rookies that you're hoping turns into something better than Dawson Knox. I'm going to take Knox. Better situation, better offense. Probably a little bit more of an overall playmaker than Fryermuth. I might regret saying that a year from now, but I'll say it for today. It will be interesting to see when, obviously, you're expecting Big Ben to be gone. He became a very trusted weapon for him down the stretch. To see whoever they bring in there, if he's that same type of weapon for whoever does play quarterback for the Steelers next year. Christian, are you Team Knox or are you Team Air Fryer? Well, I think the thing that Fryermuth had going for him was that in Big Ben's era, dating back to when he first had Heath Miller, that was his guy. He would always mm-hmm. go for the tight end, no matter what. So no matter what weapons are on the outside, Antonio Brown, uh, Juju, when those two were paired together, Claypool, all these other weapons he had around, he has always been in love with his tight end. And I don't think if it wasn't for that, Firemuth would have the season he just had with Big Ben. And I just think that there's he's capped like his ceiling is capped where Dawson Knox. I mean, his pat the pat quarterback, Josh Allen's passer rating when he targeted Dawson Knox was one hundred and thirty two point five. That's incredible. And he makes plays downfield as well. I mean, he's he's a boomer bust option at tight end because he can put up these huge games or he can have he's not the number one option on his team either. But I just think that. He's just such a safer option between these two, and I, I lean Knox as well because of it. All right. Well, I like coming to consensus agreement to finish out that last portion of that segment. With the last couple minutes we have with Dave, we're going to get to what makes Triple Play Fantasy unique around these parts, starting first with our question of the week, which is sponsored by Monkey Night Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Night Fight, the fastest-growing sports betting site in the United States. New depositors receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 using promo code Triple Play. All right. Question of the week was, if you were going to cast a football version of Space Jam, who would be Michael Jordan and who would be the Monstars that you would cast for it? So, Dave, I'm interested to hear, obviously, it could be current players, it could be former players, but who do you think would fill that role for the movie? Well, I, I guess that the obvious answer is Tom Brady, just because Michael was the GOAT of the NBA for Space Jam, and then LeBron had his version, and it was a crappier version. We're not going to talk about that. MJ's our guy around here. Um, and so I, I think that Brady Brady would probably be the one that I, that I would go with, and it might have to be a PG-13 version of Space Jam because Brady does seem to curse quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So that, that could be interesting. Now, the Monstars. Well, if Brady is going to be the quarterback, then the first guy that you got to have on the Monstars is Bernard Pollard since he's the one that hit Brady oh. low and tore his ACL back Yikes. in the day. Can't, can't get away from that. Um, I believe it was Logan Ryan who picked off Brady in his last game for the pick six when he was in New England, that playoff mm-hmm. game against Tennessee. So he would have to be on the Monstars. Aaron Donald would have to be on the Monstars. The coach of the Monstars has to be Sean Payton because the Saints had their way with Brady for the entirety of their two seasons. Um it, when with Peyton there, the last two seasons in New Orleans, throw Cam Jordan on that list too. 
And is there a linebacker that we can put on there? Is there anybody that messed with Brady more? Who was the one that, that tore his ACL? Well, that that's Pollard. Pollard well, that, that was, was Pollard. That. You're right. You're yeah, right. yeah. Um, um, what? Oh, oh, um, uh, oh, no, no, no. Never mind. Never mind. No. I think I think you got I think you got the the villains pretty well. I can't think of anybody else who would be on there, but I mean that's that's still the the whole. I think it's only four monsters, right? Four or five. Right. I mean, we got to come up with eleven. Oh, hold on. I think you got to put Ed Reed and Ray Lewis on there. Okay. Yeah. Ravens had some pretty big yeah. games against Tom Brady back in the day. What about Bob Sanders since Peyton Manning Colts were a problem? Sure. Bob Sanders could be back there. Um, there's probably a couple of uh, Strahan. Just mm-hmm. thinking about Giants defenders because the Giants beat Brady twice. Mm-hmm. So Strahan would have to be on the Monstars. Like uh, maybe Antonio Pierce would be on the Monstars. He was a Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown on the monster. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I'm just thinking defensive players. I'm not really yeah. thinking about offensive players on the monsters. But yeah, I guess AB would have to be one of the villains as well. Yeah, Peyton Manning. If, if the monsters are going to have an offense, you got to have Peyton on there. Having Antonio Brown on there makes yeah. a lot of sense. This is a movie in the making. I can see it. They need a football mm-hmm. version of it. I, I love it. I, I think. Terry. Yes, yes. You have to make this move with your hand in your head every time you say Tyree's name. It's the law. (laughs) Christian, do you have anything close to that? I think that might be the winner. Uh, So I went kind of current day players, and uh, my Michael Jordan was actually Patrick Mahomes. and Yeah, so kind of, you know, new school. And uh, the Monstars, I had TJ Watt, um, Tyron Matthew, uh, Bobby Wagner, because you know you gotta have Bobby Wagner in there. Jalen Ramsey, because Jalen Ramsey just gets under everybody's skin. He's got to mm-hmm. be there. Mm-hmm. And then um, coming from my favorite team, Michael Parsons, just because he's a mm. fiend. Hey, there we go. It's a good. I coming mean, coming out of coming out of the Lions Den, just going I'm, after him. I mean, I'm a big Chiefs yeah. fan, so I'm all for it. I, I love the <laughs> the Patrick Mahomes Jordan uh, role there. So I, I think both could be box office movies. The cast that you guys put together. Definitely better than part two. <laughs> For sure. For sure. All right. Last segment of the night. It's game of the week. And Dave, I know you guys like to have a lot of fun on CBS. You guys do a lot of different games. So yeah, I tried do. to make some different ones here at Triple Play. And one of the ones that I like to run sometimes is called the five second rule. Okay. So this is how this game works. I'm going to give you a category and you have to give me three answers in five seconds. And if you can't, then you don't get it correct. If you can give me three, you get it correct. So you're looking for correct answers, or is this like opinion, like three breakouts or something like that? Oh, no, it, it's like correct answers. Like you, there's. Um, I see. So I'll give you an example. I might say something like, give me three Green Bay quarterbacks. Okay. And then you'd have to tell me three of them in five seconds. All right. I think I can give this a shot. All right, let's see I'm, can... I'm going to choke on one of these for sure, but I'm, <laughs> I'll give it my best. We're going to see who can get the three first, and that'll be the winner. All right. Let's, uh, Dave, we'll start with you first. Sure. Give me three Lions running backs. Barry Sanders, Kevin Smith, DeAndre Swift. Perfect. All right. One for Dave. Yikes. Christian, give me three Jets quarterbacks. Mike White, Joe Flacco, and Zach Wilson. Perfect. Easy. All right. Dave, give me three current offensive tackles. Andrew Whitworth, Riley Reef, and Brian O'Neill. Ooh, perfect. All right. 
tough. Christian, give me three Eagles head coaches. Doug Peterson, Nick Sirianni, and Andy Reid. Nice job. Oh, you guys are crushing this. You guys are doing better than when I've had in this game before. Okay. Dave, give me three Alabama running backs. Damian Harris, Najee Harris. Oh, boy. Oh, Josh Jacobs. Oh, I, I think that was at the buzzer. Oh, I'll give it to you. Man. Uh, Christian, Christian, I'll give you a chance to match him just since he went second. Give me three Super Bowl losers from the last 10 years. Kansas City, Panthers, and Broncos. Uh, I think that was after the buzzer. I got to give that to my boy, Dave. Awesome job. Three for three, just running the table. Uh, that's that's how you come in and triple play fantasy. <laughs> that game was fun. I, we, we may have to borrow that one on two more. We'll <laughs> give you credit for it if we use it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, you guys do so much fun stuff on there. We, I like to try to emulate stuff uh, and do stuff yeah. like that here. So well, you just did better than what we did. <laughs> that, was, that was fun. Thank you. Well, Dave, on that note, I want to be respectful of your yeah. time. Thank you so much for joining the show tonight. Uh, a ton of fun for me and Christian. Dude, yeah, it was great absolutely. for me too. Yeah, Christian, it was great talking with you and debating Dynasty with you. David, I appreciate you reaching out to me, man. That's so cool. Uh, I've seen you on Twitter. Um, for sure, love it, and look forward to coming back again. Awesome. And, awesome. and Dave, please give them everything they need to. I mean, they know who you are, but make sure you give them everything where they can find all your work or anything that sure. you're working on they can check out or anything like that. So you, you might have heard of CBS Sports for a place to go for fantasy football, but I really would love to tell you about CBS Sports HQ. It's our live 24-7 sports news highlight and analysis channel, and it's free. You don't have to give an email address. You don't have to pay $9.99 a month. All you got to do is on any device that gets Wi-Fi, cbssportshq.com. Remember that name the next time there's breaking sports news in any sport. It doesn't have to be just football. We're going to be on top of it with reporters live on the scene. If there's a scene to be at, definitely with analysts. We've got just this, this whole Rolodex of analysts that are in every single sport, guys that played the game, guys who've coached the game. And it's a real, like, it, it's, it's this unbelievable resource that helps you become a smarter fan. Here's the best part. Fantasy stuff on there all the time. Sports betting stuff on there all the time so if you're looking to make some cash you're looking to win your fantasy league or you just want to be the smartest guy at your office or in your house you use cbs sports hq remember that name cbs sports hq the next time there's breaking sports news check it out i couldn't say it any better myself cbs sports cbs sports hq the best place not just for fantasy football but all your football needs you got to make sure you check that stuff out for sure Everybody that tunes into Triple Play Fantasy, we appreciate you whether you watch the YouTube, you listen to the podcast. Next week, we're going to be joined by another great guest to break down some more off-season content. But until then, everyone stay safe out there. Enjoy your off-season. Enjoy your drafting. And we're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys in the next one. <laughs>